Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I am a life transformation and mindset coach who supports others on their life journey. This show is all about rediscovering and reinventing who we are from wellness, healing, spirituality, empowerment, self-discovery, sobriety, parenting, mental health, energy, intuition, and so much more. There are so many good things here for you. So thank you for joining us today for your own self-project journey. I want to welcome to the show today, Malva Gasowski. She is an international business trainer, coach, and speaker for corporate soft HR skills. She is also an international bestselling author. She's a parenting coach and a couples counselor, and she's working with parents and couples from all walks of life and implementing the positive parenting approach to build closeness in the family. Her passion is to make the world a better place through communication and creating a successful business while being a fulfilled parent and happy couple. And I just have to say, I am really, really really excited to have her on the show today. Myself as a mom to five boys and also trying to create a successful business and raise my boys and, you know, build that closeness between our family and make sure that, you know, every child is feeling seen and appreciated and heard and that, you know, we're taking a unique approach with every child. And so, you know, that can a lot of components go into that. So I'm really excited to have her here today so we can chat more about this. So Mava, if you don't mind, do you mind just kind of telling us more about yourself and what it is that you do? Hi, thank you, Christy, for having me. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I'm a mom of three. I've got two boys and and a girl. I I know I said wow to you having five boys, but I tell you my little girl is like five boys all rolled into one. So she she's a handful, but I love her dearly. I have no other choice. I'm a mom. But um, yeah, so I'm a mom of three. I we live an international life, meaning we we had traveled a lot. Of course, things have changed right now. So now I'm traveling a lot, and my passport is called my Wi-Fi. Um, so I travel every single day to different uh, places of the world where I connect with people globally. And uh, I do a lot of things, but all of them under the umbrella of positivity and positive relationships. I know that it may seem a little bit vague. Um, However, when you really come down to uh, communication, negotiation, conflict management, and even and positive mindset and outlook on life. It doesn't matter if you use these tools and skills in your work life or in your private life, they too can help. Sometimes you need to swap certain words and certain vocabulary to make it uh, more understandable for the younger listeners like your kids or your neighbor's kids or even your friend's kids. And then when you're speaking to people in the corporate world, you just need to use different examples and yet the same tools, the same psychological elements come into play making uh, that work. So that is why my umbrella is quite large saying I 
work for both corporate uh, clients as well as parents and families altogether, making my life so much more easier because we are holistic as we are. I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a friend. I'm not just a wife. I'm very many roles from cleaning lady to laundry lady to even a superstar. And when I want to in the shower, singing a karaoke song. So um, that is how I try to look at my life and what I do as a holistic approach to, to one's life. I love that. I love that you bring up that, you know, we're not, we're not just one thing. We're not just one label. We're so multifaceted. And so I love that you have an umbrella, uh, uh, can't talk an umbrella approach because there's so many pieces to us and this just happens to be the pieces of you. And I think that that's awesome too, because you get to play around in all the pieces that you love. You get to help people with all the different things that you love. And you're not just, um, you know, saying, well, I can only do this one thing. You're saying, no, I can help everybody with this positive communication. And it's so needed in every one of those roles that you're, you know, doing it in too. Do you kind of mind telling us like what, what led you to wanting to do this? What led you to being called to this passion for positive communication? You know what? It is a very long story. And to kind of put it in a nutshell, I was kind of brought into this world thinking in such a way. I I really loved nature and I loved uh, animals. And I knew that you, in order to get close to animals, no matter if they're uh, pets or they're in the wild, you need to be patient and they can read you. So I would go outside and I would feed birds and I would feed squirrels and I would feed, uh, let's say, different animals that I would see. But you, you couldn't be negative and you couldn't scream and you couldn't be hectic while trying to approach, let's say, a wild squirrel in the park. You'd have to be calm. You'd have to give them space and you'd have to show them that they can trust you. And I find very often having that approach as a little girl, because imagine like a little three, four-year-old girl doing that. And then um, being, being brought up on Disney when there was, you know, Snow White, who did the same. She had animals and yet she had to be kind to them. And then there were different stories like Cinderella. She too had pet mice that she had to be kind to and to learn their language. I kind of grew up thinking that this is how it should be. You need to give people their space and you need to give people their um shine a light on the good things that they do, not necessarily what others might think or what might others might have influenced your judgment on. Because, for example, going back to Cinderella, well, Gus Gus was just a mouse, but mice are or have a stigma of being negative. And Gus Gus was really funny. And so I tried to kind of look through, through the curtain of what other people thought of a certain person and what was inside, what was inside their heart. And having grown up as such, I studied psychology and sociology and child development and pedagogy. So uh, the, the science of learning and all of that brought me into, I had taught because I had to, um, I did my education also in, in teaching children. So I taught at schools. I then taught corporates. So I taught adults. And then I went to, to get my, um, my postgraduate degrees in, in adult uh, education and then in counseling and then in project management because it can't be only soft skills. You sometimes need to have like the hardcore tools to make all of the nice and soft and positive things work. And so all of that brought me to 
there are so many people who in this world need this light of positivity. The glass, yes, it can always be half empty. Um, you know, you never have enough of any, everything and anything. Like, I don't have enough shoes. I don't have enough dresses. My husband doesn't give me enough flowers. My wife doesn't cook enough or whatever. You can always nitpick and find the negativity in even the most beautiful element of your life. You have a beautiful rose in front of you. Oh, yeah, but it has a thorn. Oh, yeah, but I have to water that rose. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it'll overbloom. There's always something you can find that's negative, and that's so easy to do. And yet the flip side, can you find the beauty in things that aren't so easy? Is it possible for you to see that if a child is acting out, he or she is asking for love in a not so pretty way. Or when your husband comes home and he's angry, all right, do you still love him? Well, yeah, I love him. So what can I do to help him? If you're having a hard time, do you still love yourself? Yeah, but I hate myself in this dress because we do say things like that. Okay, so if not in this dress, how about we put on a pantsuit? Will that make you feel better? Well, actually, yeah. So instead of concentrating on the negativity, if we find the positive things that surround us. And I'm not talking about wearing pink glasses and not solving any of the problems because I'm living in la-la land. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about consciously eliminating problems when they come, yet not focusing on the negativity, but trying to find the good in order to succeed and have a go, um, go-getter attitude or glow-getter attitude uh, for both your personal life, uh, meaning your partner or your and and um, and yourself, your family, as well as your business, because it will move you forward as opposed to only looking at what's wrong. I love that you bring that up. So, and it's kind of like anything: what you focus on is what's going to grow for you, what you're going to manifest. So, yes, if you're focusing focusing on the negative or like the negative behaviors when you said like acting out. So if we focus on those negative behaviors and, um, you know, we're just punishing maybe, and we're not getting to the root cause of like, what's, what's going on? How can we reframe this and look at it different? Yes, they're, they're acting out, something's going on. But um, like you said, they just need, do they need a love, a little love? Do they need a hug? Do they need a nap? Maybe they're hungry. Like, it's really about uh, getting to the root cause of it. But I love I love what you have to say about just kind of reframing it. Where's your focus at? That's what's really standing out to me. Where's your focus at in all of this? So you spoke about acting out. So I'm already kind of taking it the way of parenting. <laughs> already taking it that way. So do you have, you you work on some positive parenting approaches with some of your clients. Is that correct? Do you kind of mind just maybe sharing sharing a few tips with us or kind of sharing what you walk your parents through in order to develop those healthier and closer relationships with their whole family, their children, their whole family? I try to speak to the parents that I work with. And I have worked with parents for over 16 years globally. So it doesn't matter the culture you can, you know, child's development, like the neurobiological develop of the brain is similar and it doesn't matter the race, right? So yes, cultural differences, there are some, but yet the way that the child functions and the way the child understands and the parent functions and parents understand may be similar. So I try to say, no matter the cu culture, there are, there are still certain things that 
are, let's say, the basis. We have a head, two hands, and two legs, and our brain function in, in a certain way. So very often, adults interpret or assume that the way that the children speak or the, the way that the children uh, behave is in an adult way. Meaning if a child says, oh, I hate broccoli, then I don't like the food. I don't, I hate it. I don't want to eat it. Then parents very often think, well, I work so hard and you don't like the food I put on the table. Whereas what the child is saying, maybe just maybe I don't really want to eat that today, or maybe I'm just scared what I see on the plate. And it's not a dig into mom or dad's cooking. It's just, I'm scared. I maybe I mom, I haven't seen you eat broccoli as often as you're putting it on my plate. Or because very often mom or mom and dad are like, okay, you guys eat very quickly and we'll eat later. So the kids don't see mom and dad eat. And yet we've got some green stuff that looks like something that could be found in the park. I don't know what that is. Is it safe or not? And so when you look at advertisements, for example, very often it's not the broccoli and it's not the carrots that are advertised as children eating them. Very often children are eating fast food or chocolate or, you know, cereal because these are fast processed foods that um, bring a bigger margin, let's say, um, financial gain for the companies. And this is what they are going to advertise as opposed to grab a raw carrot and eat it. So your, your children very often see the things that that surround them and may not understand what's happening because they don't understand why I have broccoli on the plate and the person in the uh, on TV and the advertisement was eating cho- uh, chocolate cereal. And so that doesn't add up. Why is it my, my broccoli chocolate? Or, for example, very often parents think that children are there to get them. My child has tipped over that box of crayons for the 10th time today and is not cleaning up. And the mom or dad are like, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my mind. And yet maybe, just maybe you should see why they're tipping that container of crayons. Maybe is not standing in the correct place. And every time the child walks, he kind of just nudges that, the, that, that box of crayons. Or I even had a customer who who didn't realize that her son had minus five in both eyes and he he couldn't see. So he kept knocking things over and she thought he was out to get them. And like after the process, um, I wasn't the one who discovered that. So absolutely, I won't take credit for it. But yet the process was, okay, so he was not interested in reading. He was not interested in drawing. He was clumsy. He was not careful because he just couldn't see. So, so very often we, we, we put on labels to our children. Oh my goodness. She's just so whining today. Well, maybe she's just tired. Or like you said, she's just hungry. Or maybe you just haven't spent enough time because you were so busy with something else. We as parents have a tendency to say one minute, I'll be right there. And yet one minute I'll be right there. Isn't one minute. And I'm not right there. I'm guilty of that too. Uh, However, the relationship between my children and I are that my four-year-old will call me out on it and said, mom, you said one minute and I think it was longer than one minute. Are you finished? I'm like, yes, I'm so sorry. I forgot about whatever the situation was because I was so zoned into doing um, whatever, my writing an email or doing my assignment or whatever the case may be. 
And I'm okay with my kids pointing out my mistakes. And I, and I apologize for them. I said, you know what? I'm so sorry. I should respect you the same way I would respect someone who I'm uh, writing an email to. And so, you know, showing our children the respect that they need and understand their way of thinking, their vocabulary, their way of understanding the whole situation, not from an adult's perspective, but from a child's perspective. So I'll give you another example. I had a call this week with one of my customers and he said, all right, speak to me because I'm losing my mind. And I'm like, all right, what's the matter? My nine month old, my 10 month old is, uh, she went to, to daycare and then she's losing her mind. She, she won't let me change her diaper. She's screaming, she's hitting, and I don't understand what's happening. This man had a beard, so he she was pulling his beard, and she was almost biting him. She's like, oh my goodness, it's like a wild animal that I have. And I'm like, okay, wait, when does this happen? And we went through all of these steps, and all of a sudden, he's like, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize that this is what had happened. So he walking past the child who was playing with with blocks he says we'll be leaving in a minute or i have to change your diaper in a minute but he wasn't really talking to the child he was talking to himself thinking that he's talking to the child because walking by this is the information that he gave who knows where but just kind of threw those words out of his mouth and then he would pick up that child who was in the middle of playing and i'm going to lie you down and we're going to change your diaper now and that child was like what in the world? Like I'm picked up out of my zone, out of nowhere, getting ripped away from my toys. No wonder I'm fighting now that I've learned to. And so I'm like, all right, well, why don't you just say, hey, baby, you know, scooch down and say, hey, baby, you know what? Daddy wants to change your diaper. Can we do that now? And then once you do that, the child comes to you, you change the diaper and let her play. And he called me two days later. He's like, I don't know what you did, that you changed my mind. I implemented all the steps you told me, which weren't very complicated. And yet all of a sudden I have a child who comes to me with open arms instead of hitting, slapping and biting me. And I'm like, you see, you just have to communicate, not speak to who knows what, but communicate, which means make sure that your message is delivered to that child and that child hears you even that partner hears you. And that way, the relationship is positive because there's mutual respect as opposed to I'm the big kid, meaning I'm the adult. I'm going to force you into doing what I want. So I hope that answers your question as to how I work with the parents to help them communicate better with their children. I think that that was a beautiful response. And I love I love how you say instead of um, just speaking at them, because I could be guilty of that too, just kind of speaking at them, speaking to them, kind of getting down on their level and actually communicating with them, not just telling them what you expect or what you want them to do, but like, let's actually have actually have some communication. So I think that that was really important. Um, and I, I wrote down also that, you know, you saying that we expect them to speak or behave in adult ways. And that was kind of a little light bulb moment for me too. Sometimes, you know, with my own children, I can find myself doing that where, um, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're in like a meltdown moment and I'm like, um, you know, most of the time I'm compassionate about it, but sometimes I'm just like, is this how we behave? You know, it's kind of 
going down that path. Like, is this how we behave? Is this, and I'm thinking of like, no, this isn't how adults behave, but yeah, this is how kids behave. Like something's going on with them. So I think that that's so powerful, Uh, you know, on our end, is there a way to get our kids to engage back in positive communication with us and teaching that to them? Definitely. You know, kids have learned, um, depends of course what had happened and how your your communication structured was formed from the moment they were born so if it wasn't as conscious as the books say it should be then maybe your kids were taught that once they whine or once they act up that is when they get your undivided attention because you yell you scream or you reprimand them not you per se but we as parents in general and they they understand that this is what had what what gets our attention. So so this is what they're going to do. My little girl, for example, she's a whiner, meaning she knows that when she lifts her tone of voice so so high, I can't stand it because I have sensitive like ear issues. So I'm she knows that I'm like okay, no 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 no, please don't speak to me that way. So she knows like there, I have problems myself personally too, in the sense of there are certain things that are not okay for me. Like I don't, I don't like screaming. I don't like screeching. If you want to talk to me, like you have to use your big girl voice. Come on, don't whine. Just use your words. Mama will help you if you don't have them. And it's not use your words, you know, figure it out. But instead of whining, try to explain to me what had happened. Do you need a cuddle? Do you need something? Do you want me to help you? Do you, do you, I'm here for you. But if you're screaming, I can't help you. I would like, do you need me to help you? Or do you want me to just be there for you? So there are certain questions ask of course i don't attack the her with the questions but one by one to kind of eliminate what the situation is are you hurt do you need help do you need a cuddle and then she answers and then when she's able to phrase her her thoughts even that's when i say all right so next time instead of whining how about we say mama i need a cuddle and that's all you need to say and i'll drop whatever i'm doing and i will take you on my lap and i will cuddle with you and they learn. They're very fast learners. So now whenever I say, all right, it's bedtime, mama, I need a cuddle. So she knows that when I promised <laughs> that I'll drop everything that we're doing and I'll give you that cuddle when you say you need it. So she uses that against me, quote unquote, of course. And it's funny. We laugh. I'm like, all right, last cuddle, because this was your 20th cuddle. Now it's time to jump in the bath. So they know, and it's it's amazing how how fast they learn. To the extent where I say, I don't like when you speak to me that way. Like, I, I don't appreciate my kids when they're sitting at the table, when they say, water. I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> so I'll say, all right, how do we say that in a full sentence? Water, please. No, that's still not a full sentence. Mama, can I ha- please have some water? And then, of course, I'll give them that water. But guiding your children to to use the words that you want for them to get what they want. Because if they say water and you give them that water, that's all the communication they need. They need. They're very successful. They wanted water and they got water. And then if you yell and scream at them for speaking to you in such a rude tone that's so disrespectful and this is not how we speak in our family, you're saying a million and two words but not guiding them how. 
you're telling them not to, and then you're you're using sentence structures that they can't comprehend, and you're using abstract words as rude and inappropriate in this family and uncalled for, and, and then this is so over their head that trust me, moms and dads, they're not listening to you. How about you say, how do we say it correctly? Mommy taught you before. And then they know that these are the words they need to say. And if they look at you and you can see that there's a blank kind of blank page there instead, because they can't remember that. All right, mama will help you. Can I please have a glass of water? Then they turn around and say, can I please have a glass of water? Of course, you can't expect that from a child who's one, two, maybe two and a half. If they have less of a vocabulary bank, right? However, the older they get, the more structured their sentences can be and should be. So it is all up to us to guide them how to speak as opposed to scold them for not speaking the way they ought to, for example. But yeah, so children that are sensitive or or strong-willed or even have some um, like you mentioned, you you, you said um, it, it, it's uh, ADHD child. So let's say hyperactive. But hyperactive means that they have a lot of energy. And even if they're not diagnosed, but they need to burn that extra, let's say, energy level that they have, it means that mom and dad, we have to organize our life in such a way that if you want them to sit down for 20 minutes, well, first you've got to bounce on the trampoline for 25 or on a ball or even just bounce on on the sofa, whatever the case may be. Make sure that you know how to use their energy, not against you, but for you and with them to make it fun. And and then they will be more keen on on listening to you and more keen on cooperating because that is where the key is. It's not mom being a boss. It's not dad, dad being the head of the family who knows the best and the everything that ought to be done. But it's a symbiosis of cooperation between children and parents because parents want to be the bosses and children know how to press the buttons. So if both of these phrases kind of have a negative connotation, like you know how to press my buttons to make me angry, I'm going to be the boss of you and I'm going to make you angry. So instead of doing that, how about... Yeah, mommy decides that it's now bedtime because I'm an adult. I'm the responsible one, but I will do and say it in such a way that I'm not hurting the child, not screaming at the child, but rather asking for cooperation and expecting cooperation. Because if you don't listen to me, I won't listen to you. And if I won't listen to you, then most likely you won't listen to me either. So that's what I understand by positive relationship and a positive home and workplace too, because all these rules apply to the workplace as well. Oh my gosh, that was those were golden, golden tips. I find myself too. Um, and you were saying make it simple for them. Just how do we say it correctly? I can find myself getting into almost these lectures sometimes and and using the big words just because that's how you know I communicate with adults. And so when you were saying that, I thought, oh, that is me. So how can I bring my language down to just be simple? 
you don't have to go on this huge lecture and try to explain all the perspectives to them and all the things. It's just how do we say it correctly and then helping them mirror that if we need to. And I've done that with my boys before too. When you were saying like water, I was thinking of things my boys will do things like that. You know, when it's like dinner time, they're like, Get me, where's my dinner? And I'm like, and I'll be like, try again. How do we ask? And they'll be like, can I please have dinner? I'm like, yes, that's how we ask. You may have dinner. So when you were saying that, I thought that's perfect because it's all about just helping them rephrase those questions into something that's acceptable for both of you. I also find that we as parents sometimes forget that our children are learning a language, which means think of your children as an English as second language learner for example. So what happens is if you were speaking to a person from another country and they didn't know how to say, can I have some dinner, please? You would be very patient to repeat it, although they would forget, right? And maybe they just remember dinner, please. And then they look at you thinking maybe that's enough instead of how about, can I have dinner, please? Mm -hmm. Uh, And you would be more patient if you, if you had, been speaking to even an adult who is learning the language, like the English language or whatever, Spanish or or French, whatever the case may be. And then think of your child that same way. He or she are so busy in their own world of imagination that sometimes something as simple as, can I please have some dinner is just on a different stratosphere Uh because they were they were thinking about, you know, this Lego Chima, Star Wars, Minecraft, My Little Pony world that they were in, <laughs> but their tummy is rumbling. So dinner, where's my dinner? Yeah. Because it's so obvious that mommy makes dinner and it's so obvious that daddy places the dinner on the on the table. And it's so obvious that mommy gives water and daddy cleans the plates that they forget that this is not obvious. Mom and dad are not servants. Mom and dad are doing this because they love you and they want to take care of you. But that doesn't mean that they everything magically appears. However, how are they to know that if we don't tell them? Meaning, well, when your children were using diapers, until you spent time potty training them, they didn't know that they should, you know, take care of their body in a different way. When you started you know, giving them solids. At first, they didn't know that this is how you eat. They were used to suckling on the bottle or the breast. And then when you were giving them not only solids, but like like real meals, they were shocked. They didn't know what was happening. So a lot of things change for the child and therefore the perspective, the older the child gets, the perspective changes as well. Oh, so it's not the magical fairies that do my 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 laundry that it just appears in my drawer. I don't know, my drawers are magic. What <laughs> happens is I take clothes out and somehow there's always a new set of clothes in there. And you know, the the fridge is also magic because maybe elves at night kind of fill up the fridge and make sure that there's food there. Children don't watch you as much as you would want them to at times when you're doing your responsibilities, meaning when you're cleaning, when you're going grocery shopping, you're just gone. You're just not there. And yet they don't see all of the bags that you bring home and then you unload them into the fridge. And so for them, the fridge just magically kind of refills fills up by itself. And so you have to teach them that that's not how it goes. That is where 
I keep saying to the parents that I work with, if you put responsibilities on the shoulder of your children, that will keep your children grounded and understand the reality that they live in, as opposed to the quote unquote la la land where everything just <laughs> magically appears. So again, these are just things that we have to slowly introduce our children to, as opposed to expect them to know just by observation. Ah, that's such a great, such a great reminder, such a great tip. Um, because think of it, even as adults, if we're stepping into a new situation, I'm just thinking maybe like a new job. Do we go straight into that new job knowing exactly what to do? No, we get a training period, usually, you know, like six, eight weeks when I started my nursing job way back when that was my last job. <laughs> I had a whole six week orientation. I was not expected to know to go in there and how to save somebody's life. Like there's, there's that wouldn't have happened. So why are we expecting the same of children? What a like, that was a great reminder. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh, you're so right. So I think that that's beautiful just to remind yourself of that because like you said too often, um, I think it comes down to like, you know, we get triggered. Like you said, there's some things that are like unacceptable for us. When you were talking about like screeching, I'm like, I can't stand when they start like loud noises. I'm very sensitive to sound too. So when they're like screaming, yelling, I'm like, okay, we like, what's happening? Why are we doing that? That's like a big trigger for me or Again, like uh, things like back talker, you know, when my boys are like, I'm not doing that, like just defiance, even if it's just because maybe the way I've asked them, maybe they just don't feel like doing it because they're doing something else. Like, can we come to a compromise? But I notice I've become aware of those triggers in me um, and then exploring that myself because they're not doing something to me. It's a trigger within me that I need to look at. Why is that triggering me? What's coming up for me? And just exploring that path too. So I think that that's something for yourself um, because sometimes I felt a little out of control in my communication. And that was something that I really had to start looking at. Why am I being triggered in this communication situation? What's going on? What are we talking about? And really exploring that for myself, I know has helped on my end with making me more patient and also with helping me actively improve my communication with my kids. So I think that was just an important thing to throw in that if you feel like you're being triggered, like you said, they're pushing the buttons. Right. Can we ex- and, and that's such an important element because we are humans. And I don't, and my, by we, I mean both you, both myself, both other parents listening. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Although I must tell you that as females, we do have a hormonal cycle that in, no matter how <laughs> delicately we want to put it it does influence our mood and there are moments where god help me without chocolate don't come to me okay so (laughs) i always say all right mama needs a minute and that's fine because as long as you're aware of what's happening to your body you're aware about what's happening to your mood you too will know that the way that I'm feeling right now is irrational to the situation. And it's not my kids nor the situation, but it's just me. Meaning if, okay, so I'm, I'm going to um, kind of 
move the situation away from the children. But for example, if you were ever cheated on by your partner, just the thought of someone else cheating on another person will evoke emotions. Will You'll get warm inside and you will feel that passionate hatred towards that person that is not faithful um, quite often. And so that same emotion can be evoked if you have had, let's say, patterns from your past. Maybe, just maybe, this is the way your parents had spoken to you. Don't you speak to me like a young lady. And then if you hear your child talking back to you, you're like, oh my God, I can feel all those emotions Mm -hmm. boiling up within me, just like you had, you know, putting yourself in that situation of that couple that I was just talking about. And so the same situation is with with kids maybe just maybe there's something from my past or maybe just maybe I'm in that phase right now within the month that I'm triggered easily (laughs) or maybe like you said I'm sensitive to um, I'm very me personally I'm very sound sensitive so unnecessary repetitive noise is something that can trigger me within a minute and my children know that I don't like whistling I don't like tapping and it's not that I'm the bully in the house you're more than welcome to do that but just stay away from me because they know mama doesn't like it and that's fine But vice versa, if they don't like tags on their clothes, I'm going to cut out all the tags. I'm going to even, you know, sew up the clothes in such a way so they don't have the tags because I know that these are the triggers for them. And sometimes uncontrollable cries because this Lego block that I was building fell apart and, you know, my child is crying. I'm going to ask, like, do you need a cuddle? Do you need a moment? Do you want that extra love right now because you're not in a good mood? And sometimes, you know, you get a snot shirt later on because they just (laughs) needed a cuddle. And then I'm like, okay, so what is the problem? Are you crying because you're upset? Are you crying because you're hurt? Or you're crying because you don't know? Well, sometimes it's, I don't know. And sometimes it's, well, I hurt my finger while building this Lego block. And then this Lego block fell. So it's just a whole spiral of of emotions here. And that's totally Mm -hmm. fine. So no matter if you're understanding yourself and you're having self-growth and self-consciousness as to what had happened in my life, why am I in that way or another Why do I have these triggers? Um, Or you're trying to give that same grace to your children or to your partner, then that just makes you more patient and more aware of the surroundings around you, making it okay for everyone to make a mistake once in a while. Because why should we hold ourselves and our children and our partner to a standard that's unattainable? Yes. So good. I'm glad that you really expanded on that because, you know, like we said, sometimes it's, it's most of the time it is just us, you know, being triggered by something or like you said, being extra sensitive, being hormonal. So thank you for expanding on that and sharing more. So I would love to know if somebody is wanting to work with you, what are you do parenting, but you do more than that too. So what are all the different ways that you um, are working with other people? So I, I kind of, like I said, although it's all under the one umbrella, I kind of divide the two things that I do. So one of the things that I do is I'm a certified parenting counselor. So I help couples uh, work through the issues that they have uh, or 
personal issues that I have with myself, so individual as well. But I'm also a parenting coach because of the diplomas that I that I have. Um, so I'm a parenting coach and I help parents understand what's happening with the children and it's parents or parent because most most often it's sometimes one parent who just wants to put that extra effort in and that's also fine and so those are the things that I do um, individually I had uh, run an international parenting summit organization of certain courses and um, and we have we have like a membership group where, where I help the the people I do one-on-one coaching with them and group coaching as well and calls and and all that goodness and then there's the other part of my life which I do quite often is corporations hire me to either be a speaker for the events or uh, train the trainers or even right now we I have an online training academy that is my own invention and creation it's like a very intensive six-week program on to how to be an online trainer and I teach everything from um, conflict management to team management to communication and project, to project management, and to making sure that we know how to collaborate and cooperate in an online world, a remote world, and in-house as well. So like you said, we sometimes need to get to the root uh, root cause analysis of how our children are uh, are behaving and why they're behaving in such a way. And I and I smiled when you said that because this is exactly what I mean when I say the tools of my corporate um, world and the tools of my um, my counseling and parenting coaching parent coaching world collide because root cause analysis, for example, and analytical and critical thinking and the the ways that we can use that from the corporate world into our everyday life will allow us to be much richer and better in everything that we do. And because I am an entrepreneur, so I, I don't work in a corporation, different corporations come and use my, my expertise as well as different parents. So the individual customers come and use my expertise as well. So I'm kind of diverse in that way. (laughs) That is amazing. I'm just, you're amazing. You're doing so many different things and helping so many people. It's just wonderful. So do you want to tell us, um, let our listeners know where they could connect with you online. Do you have like a website and social media platforms? Yeah. Thank you very much for asking. So my name is Malva Gasowski. Um, if you hashtag work with Malva, then most likely you'll find me. I have a malvagasowski.com is my website where you can get um, a direct link to coaching mother and all, which is my area of expertise connected with um, with parents. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all under Malva Gasowski or coaching mother and all. So either or, um, I'm easy to find. <laughs> Awesome. And so everything is also going to be linked up at show notes. So you can go down and connect right with Malva. Yeah, so I, do. If, even if it's just a hi, how are you? I listened to your show. That would be lovely. You know, I just try to think of ways to communicate with people and it's not, I need to come to her and I need to buy something. Absolutely not. I have many people to sue who stop by and say, hi, I just wanted to say, hi, I love your posts. And for me, that means I'm not just kind of speaking to the wall, but speaking to someone on the other end who who not only appreciates my work, but just wanted to drop by and say hi. That's beautiful. Make sure you drop by and say hi. So I just want to thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Before we kind of close out, was there anything that we didn't touch on that you had wanted to add or we have so much good stuff in this episode? 
Thank you so much for for inviting me and for having me. If you ever need me to come again, I'm more than happy to uh, to come. I love talking everything parenting and everything um, human, like I said, connection, and it doesn't matter uh, the area. So um, there are so many topics that we didn't touch upon just yet, but that just means that's amazing because there will be so many more conversations that we can have. I completely agree that I'm sure that we could talk all day long about communication. I had 10 million more questions for you, but you know, I think that we also, like I said, you've given so many great tips in this episode. So I would love to hear again, connect with myself or Malva and let us know some of your favorite takeaways, something that you learned today, something that you are going to go implement for yourself in your communication. We would love to hear that. Of course. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And I will see you next time.